Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everyone? It's Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings Podcast. Hey, guys, I'm Kat. And I'm JJ. And on this episode, we had a fan reach out. Nikki, would you like to introduce yourself to our audience? Hi, I'm Nikki. I like the supernatural. The older I've gotten, the more of a skeptic I've become, which I feel like is the opposite of most people. But um, yeah, I just kind of have my my big story is the house that I grew up in and just kind of everything that's circulated around that house and all the things that happened in it and the stories behind what has happened. And on this episode, we also have Robert and Nick. You guys heard them on our live stream episode on Halloween, and they've also been on a couple of other episodes. And they've joined us because they were curious about what all these supernatural experiences are that Nikki has been through. How are you guys doing tonight? We're great. And just to like set the stage here for people that are just tuning in, we are technically a super skeptic podcast about ghosts. JJ and I being a little more skeptic than Noah. So maybe, okay, JJ being more skeptic than Noah, maybe Noah more skeptic than me. I don't know. So we're going to go around and all of us here together, we'll, well, at, at individual times, we'll say on a scale of zero to 10, how we're feeling about our belief in ghosts. 10 being... We believe in them so much that there's one in the room with us right now. Zero being no way, Jose. Great. Well, what, Nikki, why don't we start with you? Okay. Um, when you hear the stories, you'll think that I'm a 10, but the old, like I said, the older I've gotten, I would say I'm more of like a five. The stories that I have, I think I've talked myself down so much in it that it's hard for me to believe that so many things have happened. So I kind of just, I'm like, well, you're crazy. I feel that I would say I started this podcast like maybe like a seven I don't we can go back and listen did I start a seven I started somewhere and then it went down and then it went up and now it's kind of like down a bit more four or five which is still a lot (laughs) I, I think I started this at like a one and now I'm like a five I'm kind of on the fence about it all yeah I would say i probably started like a two i'm probably around the six or seven range so kat i guess your um intro to this bit was correct i guess i am the closest thing to a believer on the podcast although i will say i feel like your range jumps from episode to episode so sometimes my range jumps a lot literally i was like convinced the episode before something and then literally that weekend we watched a space documentary and i was like a one the next time we're on the podcast (laughs) you know no i think it's kind of funny that you got got a little upset that we were like maybe no is a little less skeptical than us because whenever we have a medium on our podcast you are always like you know i think i'm an empath i think i I am an empath a little bit of esp uh So I just think, I guess I just always kind of see Kat and I on the same 
level usually, at least after we get done with a guest. Now, I don't know if this happens with you guys, but sometimes after an episode, I will reset a little bit um, back to where I was. Well, I think a real empath would know. Oh, fuck off. All right. Uh, Now that we've we've argued about where the hosts are, um, Robert and Nick, do you guys want to give us a little little glimpse into your ghosty palette? Uh, ghosty palette. That sounds tasty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would say over the years, I've grown more and more. Like when I was younger, probably like a five, but now I'm like a solid nine. Uh, so I'm just sitting right at a one. Like I, I won for sure. I won. But Robert, you have had ghost experiences. How can you be a one? I don't, I can't, I don't explain them as ghosts though so i mean you, you might that might have pushed me to a 1.5 but uh, it's, uh that's better than one yeah it's just i don't i don't i don't think it's a ghost something else something I, unexplained i'm gonna send you some screenshots from that special we did of your face with people telling stories because it sure looked like you were above a one. Oh, i love a journey i love a, i love a story so. he was also like four beach daiquiris in so that's a different story on halloween night, so. well we love a story too so nikki do you want to jump into your story and tell us about what happened Okay, so I'll start and say that I grew up in a house that was built by my mom's parents in the 70s, and they moved in in probably like 71, and shortly after, my mom's brother died a week before his 16th birthday. He drowned. It was just a freak accident. So that was in August of 74, Fast forward to November of 74, my mom's dad died in a car accident. So he was only 37. And then my grandmother remarried. They kind of, they kept the house. They moved across the country, came back, um, put an addition on the house. My, what I consider is my grandfather, but he's my mom's stepdad. His mom moved in to the house, the addition. She ended up passing away in the house. And then we moved in in the 90s at that point it was just kind of that like you know you were kind of scared to look out of your door at night you didn't like walking past certain areas of the house you would always have that feeling of somebody being there so I ended up growing up I was in my mom's brother's room the one who had passed away my sister was in my mom's room and my my stepdad and my mom had what would have been her parents room and again just it was always that, like, you would always have really bad dreams in the house. You would always have that, like, there was always a negativity. Like, it felt like people were always fighting. People were always upset. It just was always that, that, I don't know how to explain the feeling. It's just, when you were in that house, you were just sad. Fast forward, you know, my mom and stepdad got divorced. We moved away. My grandparents stayed there. You know, I would come back and forth. And then, a few years ago, my mom ended up passing away. She wasn't in the house, but that was still like where she considered home. That was in 2012. Then in 2014, my grandfather, her stepdad passed away. And then in April of 2015, my grandmother passed away. So in these the are all, house or they lived there at the time. So they didn't pass away in the house, but they were, you know, living. There at the time. Yeah. So, Then my sister and I inherited the house and then she got sick and passed away in 2019. So out of all of the people who have ever like 
been technically owners of the house. I'm the only one left in the house. And that's, you figure one, two, three, four, five, seven. So seven of the eight people have died. My goodness. I'm so yeah. sorry. Yeah. I feel scared and I didn't even live there. Like, yeah. <laughs> do you know the history of the land before the house was built on? So the funny thing is the land was actually my dad's family's land. So they didn't, I didn't realize that until my sister and I inherited the house and I was looking at the deed and I was like, I know that name. And it was my great uncle who sold them the land. So it's funny because honestly, since this land has been owned, it's been somebody in the family one way or another who's owned it. But the area in general, so across the street, I'll start with like one of my first real ghost stories or what I felt was a ghost story. So there was a house across the street, kind of like if you looked out, it would be across and up the hill. And they had this weird fireplace in the middle of their living room. It was a stone fire, like triangular fireplace. And it was just, I don't know how to explain it. It's just weird. Me and the neighbor would run around it and we were running around it one day and I stopped in my tracks and looked in the kitchen and there was somebody standing there just in all white, like they were looking at the mail and I screamed. My neighbor's dad was like, what are you, like, what, what are you doing? And I'm like, there's somebody in the kitchen. It was his mom who had lived there and she had recently passed away. So when we go in the kitchen, her mail is sitting right on top. Like as if she was just in there like, oh, let me, let me check the mail real quick. No one else was in the house other than me, the girl and her dad. So nobody would be in the kitchen just hanging out. It was like, you know, just an older woman in one of those like thin cotton nighties. You know what I'm talking Like your grandma would wear it. Like a moo Yeah. Very modest. Yeah. <laughs> the the mail had not been sitting there. Before. I guess the mail was, had just been kind of like thrown out there, but her mail like had all just been put right up top. Like when we went in there, it was just her mail sitting right up top. Wow. And Nikki, how did you know to scream? Like what, what in you told you that that was something that was not supposed to be there? Do you know? Because she was kind of see-through in a way. Mm-hmm. Like I could see that she wasn't one of us. She didn't have the same outline as us, you know, like. By the way, something that I want to share with our audience, the one of us, you guys know the chant, like one of us, one of us, one of us. Do y'all know where that comes from? Because I found out last night and it's super creepy. No. Okay. So we just put up our Thanksgiving trailer and part of like the joke is gobble, gobble goodness. And I wanted to make sure I was spelling gobble, gobble, right. For the, (laughs) for the title, everybody go and do this type in gobble, gobble into your, into Google and watch the video that comes up because it's the origin of one of us. And it is one of the most odd things I've ever seen. It's like from a circus. And I use this term only because this is what they used back then freak show with people, you know, of different disabilities and stuff. And they were in the circus and they all start chanting one of us, but they go, Google gobble, one of us, Google oh. gobble, one of us. And I'd never heard of that. It was <laughs> so like, I can't get it out of my head. It was so strange and bizarre. Anyway, Nikki, I'm sorry. I did not mean to no, derail your story. You're fine. <laughs> you're fine. So yeah. So that was my like first actual visual seeing something. So we'll go back to the house that I grew up in and it was, Like I said, you would hear things, you would hear, it would, especially my room, like it freaked me out as a kid, hearing somebody walk outside of my door 
like you could hear somebody just going back and forth. We'll fast forward a few more years. I'm kind of all over the place because the stories like. Well, before we jump forward, did anyone else ever see the lady at the mailbox or were you able to get any more information on that apparition? My friend's dad, he's like, well, that was her. And she had lived there. Like I remembered her living there, but she just, they kind of kept her in a room, not in a creepy, like feeder pancakes under the doorway, but like they just, <laughs> they just, she was in the room and I, you know, we didn't really see her much because she was older and sick. So he just kind of like was, well, that was my mom. So, I mean, but again, it was probably just her, like, uh, I'm doing my routine, walk through the house and check the mail with the house that I grew up in. And as an idiot kid, me and that girl decided she had a Ouija board. So we were like, well, we're gonna, you know, do that. We ended up doing it first time down. Like if you go down the hill from us, there's a church. Well, the church doors were always open. So like idiots, we decided we were going to go to the church and do the Ouija board in the church. Of course, because what's a better place to do a Ouija board than in a church? Exactly. I mean, you know you have at least one spirit, the Holy Spirit's exactly. there. So. <laughs> exactly. So we did that, and then we were like, oh, okay. And then we brought it back to the house, and I was like, I just want to see, you know, is anybody here? Is, you know, is it my mom's brother? And there was like a banging. So we did it. It's a ranch-style house. We did it in the kitchen, which below the kitchen is a laundry room. Mm -hmm. we did when I said that it felt like somebody hit the floor from below with a broom like you know how you would do like be quiet to the neighbors upstairs it was so loud that you could feel it under your feet and we booked it out of the house mm -hmm. and just kind of sat outside in the dark because outside in the dark in the woods is safer than being inside with whatever is underneath of us yeah wow again it's just there was always just that feeling and so cabinets would kind of slam and I had said something to my grandfather because my grandmother was a huge like a skeptic she'd be like well it's the compressor behind the refrigerator that blows the cabinets open I'm like what kind of fridge do you have lady like <laughs> I've never heard of a fridge blowing cabinets open but okay and they're solid like heavy wood cabinets, like from the original 70s, not the particle board that we have nowadays. And my grandfather was like, yeah, like you could hear it on the apartment side of the house and that's where his mom was. Like that was where her side of the apartment is. So we'll fast forward, my dad ended up staying in that house for a few years after my grandparents passed away. And I had never told him anything like him and my mom had been divorced since I was like a year and a half old. And he just, you know, fell on hard times and, and needed a place to stay. So we let him stay there. And he was like, I swear, my grandparents, again, to kind of back up, they were the type that would religiously every single night watch Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. Like they had a dictionary that was like 10 inches thick and they would like go through and do. So that was their thing. So when my dad was like, it sounds like people are just sitting around the table watching TV. That was their thing. They would, they had a TV in their kitchen, they would have their dinner and then they would sit at the table and watch Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. And he's like, it sounds like they're just in there having conversations, but no one's in the house. Like, and this house is out in the woods. Like it's surrounded by probably six acres. The closest road is probably four miles, like the closest highway is like four miles away. So there's not like... It's not a townhouse where you're hearing the neighbors inside. So that was kind of the whole like, oh, all right. So there is more 
going on here. Did you yeah. ever try to use the Ouija board again in the home or no. was it? Okay. Mm -mm, no. <laughs> One and done. <laughs> One and done. I was like, that was enough for me to be like, yeah, sure. Uh, I believe this and there's no need for me, but we also never, like, we didn't know. I, we never closed it. We never did anything like that. It was just like, well, I got my answer and I don't want to know any more going on. So I don't know if that had any part to like the other part, because as I got older, the, the dreams got like darker. So there would always, even now to this day, I still have dreams of like this dark thing in the house. And it's just like this black smoke cloud. It like takes up corners of the room. And in the dreams, sometimes like my, my grandparents are there. Sometimes my sister is there. Sometimes, you know, people are there. Wow. I've had dreams about people that it wasn't until I was older that I realized it was my mom's dad over in the addition side that he would have had no knowledge of, but he was always so angry. And I'm like, now as an adult, I'm like, well, I would be angry too if my wife moved on and like remarried and moved her new mother-in-law into the house and trying to stay in a timeline, but it's hard because things go back and forth. So That's okay. have you seen um, Haunting of Hill House? I have, and that, so before my sister died, she was adamant that I watched it, and I was like, I couldn't really get through the first episode, I'm like, this is kind of boring, you know, like, I'm sure people have seen it by now, so, but it was kind of boring, I'm like, okay, you know, kids are hopping out of bed, but then the more I got into it, I was like, we are the Hill House, like, we are the, everybody comes to this house and dies, we all die, and we all get trapped here, and I don't want to be trapped in this house. Oh, I just got, I just got tingles. Like that's. So, so you said that you saw your grandfather in the dream. Yes. Um, but you never met him like IRL, real life. No, no. He died in 74. I was born in 87. Wow. Okay. That's yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the, so we'll go back to the kind of dream thing. So the biggest thing then that made me, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of like you guys where one minute I'll be like, oh, this is so real. And then the other part is like, eh, because my thing is, if I'm this close to this many people who have died, they better be sitting at my freaking dinner table every night having conversations with me. Like I should see full on apparitions, you know, and when I don't, I'm like, well, this isn't real, you know, like ghosts don't exist because I made deals with them like not in a but like before my grandfather died we would talk and I'm like when you die you have to try to find a way to communicate with me me and my yeah. sister the same thing you have to find a way to tell me that there is something more here like I have this huge fear of dying and being surrounded by death from since I've been born it's like you guys better come back and tell me there's something <laughs> I'm right there with you. I, I haven't been surrounded by death. I just really like living and I don't want to yes. die, you know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Who wants to think that there's nothing after this? Like I want to, I don't want to be stuck here. I don't want to be stuck in that house with everybody else, but I also don't want to just like close my eyes and be blackness. So the one big thing that was, this is like my, that keeps me on the high end of the spectrum. So my mom died and that night I had a dream about her and I'm driving in my car and the car has Bluetooth. So it'll tell you. And mind in all of my dreams, I know that these people are dead and I know that we're having conversations about current things. Like this is how I talk to them. And I know it sounds crazy, but this is how we touch base kind of in my head. Mm -hmm. But the skeptic part of me is like, well, you're creating this. So anyway, the night my mom died, I had this dream. She called me and it said, mom. So I picked the phone up. And I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, 
I have 30 days to decide if I want to go back to work. And I was like, you can't go back to work. You're dead. Like, that's it. Like, sorry. So I'm rushing to try to find anybody who can see that my mom is on my phone. And I take my phone out and I'm going through, I'm going to behind my grandparents' house again, looking for anybody who I can show my phone to. So I find my husband for some reason in the backyard and I show him my phone. And I said that she said, I have 30 days to decide, right? So she's like, I have 30 days to decide if I'm going back to work. You can't go back to work. I give him my phone. The screen goes black. So I wake up. Okay. Tell him the dream. Fast forward about a month. So we had her funeral. Um, she grew up with a friend of hers that I consider an aunt. So I'll just call her my aunt. She comes over after my mom's funeral, which was about a month later. And we're in the kitchen and she, we're just talking. And she was like, have, have you had any dreams about your mom? And I'm like, why? And I was like, you know what? I don't even want to know. I went and got my husband and I brought him upstairs because I'm like, I have a feeling she's going to tell me something that he's not going to believe if I tell him myself later. Mm -hmm. So she's like, I had this dream that your mom called me and it was on a corded phone for some reason. She's like, and your mom told me, I want you to tell the girls I got where I was supposed to go. And she's like, I'm running through the house trying to find anybody who can hear her on the phone. She's like, so I'm like running through the house and finally, cause she gets her son to here's the phone, you know, it's, it's her on the phone and the phone's dead. Wow. But the weird thing is it was that same time frame. It was that same. She told me she had 30 days to decide what she was going to do and then went and told my aunt, tell the girls I got where I was supposed to go. Wow. And how long of a period had it been between your dream and her dream? A month. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So she died early November. And this was like late November, early December. Talking about phones and dreams and stuff, that reminds me probably, oh gosh, about eight years ago, um, I was at work. And I got a call from my old cell phone number that I'd had for like 15 years. And it's from a different state. And I just looked at it because on my phone, it popped up with my name. Oh. And I was just like, I was too scared to answer it. Yeah. And then it went to voicemail. Nobody said anything. I could just hear like a static I was like, what the hell? And then I can, I'd work myself into such a tizzy that I convinced myself that myself from the past was trying to call myself on the future <laughs> from a cell phone because that's how time travel works. Right. And so finally I was like, okay, I'm being silly. I'm just going to call it, call the number and ask the person, Hey, did you call me? So I call the number and this person answers and they're angry and they're like, what do you want? And I was like, Hi, um, I had a missed call from this number. And she was like, no, you didn't. I haven't touched my phone all day and hung up on me. And I was just uh, like, what is happening? Anyway, that's always kind of stuck with me. It's like, yeah, who was on the other side of that line had I answered, but I'll never know. Yeah. I was going to ask how your husband uh, responds to all of this. He... He thinks, so when we first, he is, he's a complete skeptic, but now he's the one who's like, if I die and you get as many signs from me as you're getting from your family and I go through all this effort to like communicate with you and you're like, nah, I need to see like a full bodied apparition. I'm going to be pissed. Like, 
<laughs> like, you know how much effort I went through? So when you said about the phone, so the day my mom died. Sorry, I thought you were going to say, eh, sorry, I need to see like a full bodied person. I'm not really into apparitions. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Because my thing is, I'm like, you see the movies and you feel like, listen, you better like go hard or go home. Like you you guys are going to go make some pottery. I I get it. (laughs) Exactly. So, so the day that my mom died, this again, maybe, and that's where in my head, I'm like, well, the skeptic is, well, you're just creating this. So the morning my mom died and again, this, she was 50 years old. So this was just, she just didn't wake up that day. And I had gotten a text message that morning that said, Hi, KG. I love you so much. KG are my daughter's initials. So this was at 730 in the morning. I get the call from her boyfriend around eight o'clock that he's resuscitating her. There is no way that my mom would have texted my daughter. At that point, she was already gone. She wouldn't have been like, the story was that my mom's boyfriend had gotten out of bed, walked past her like a little bit before that and he's like i thought she was snoring most likely it was she was already dead and it was like the death rattle sound so when he went back realizing that she was already dead that was around like 7 45 and didn't call me until 8 when he had already got a hold of the ambulance so the fact that her message came through to me at 7 30 was like after the fact i'm sitting here looking through my phone like that's doesn't make sense how could she have text me at the same time that he's basically doing CPR on her. And what did the text message say? It said, hi, KG, I love you. Oh, man. Wow. So they would, cause my daughter and her were really close. They would text each other back and forth regularly. Yeah. And then this is maybe a few weeks later. I had, we, me and my sister had gone down, gotten her stuff and brought it back up. So I decided to turn her phone on one day and I'm, I had just turned my mom's phone on and when I turned it on, a message popped up from me saying that I had texted her like within that time frame, which I didn't, I've, why would I text my dead mom? And it said, I miss like a bunch of S's. I miss you so much. And I'm like, again, I didn't do that. I started looking through messages between her and I from like weeks prior. And she had written me a message just like that back in like October, like all those S's for some, and I guess she was texting my daughter that, but I haven't, it was just so weird because I'm like, I, I've seen this message before with like five S's in the, the miss part of it. Wow. So you, do you feel like your mother is, contacting you through these electronic devices in that way i i do and so the reason when i said my husband was like i'll be pissed so i was in the bedroom one day just having a rough day and i was like listen if she's here she better give me a sign the freaking electric goes out like the whole house we had a townhouse and unit so i text my neighbor and i'm like did your power just go out and she's like no and that's when my husband was like are you are you serious Like you just asked for a sign, you got a sign and you're like, not good enough. Like (laughs) you're going to have to do better than that. Have you ever been to a medium or anyone related to this? So I did last year. um, And it was, it was interesting. And another weird thing today, we're getting, I'm going through stuff over at the house that is the main focal point of this. So in the, um, and I even have the notes right over there from the medium, they wrote them down for me so that I could like go back. And the woman said something about 
basically I'm seeing three pill bottles for your mom. Her, her death was, it was toxicity. Basically she had an allergic reaction to the medication. I found paperwork from a previous um, hospital stay that she had had. And it said that there were three different pill bottles that they had in her purse at the same, like there was three different medications and it was just so weird to me to see it like written out in her hospital notes that they found three pill bottles and that the medium had said that there was three pill bottles that my mom keeps showing them three pill bottles. Yeah. And that so, was her cause of death. Yeah. Yeah. It was considered toxicity. It sounds the biggest thing I get from all your stories is that your family has just like been through so much and probably has just left again, so much of this energy to stay yeah. in that house. Is that the house you're sitting in right now? No, nope, no. I would have moved into that house in a heartbeat. That was like my dream house, but things just didn't work out the right way. Like my sister got sick at the same time and we just, you know, it just didn't work out. And, um, could have been a life changing decision. Yeah. Well, we did stay in that house in between. And I have some stories from that. Like we stayed there for about three months. So again, I knew that weird stuff happened in the house. So let's go back to the 90s. My mom, my sister, and I were all sitting in my mom's bedroom. My mom would always visit her dad. She was a daddy's girl, meaning she would visit the cemetery because he died, obviously, before I was born. Right. We're in there. It's Father's Day. And my birthday is right around Father's Day. And she was like, I really don't feel like going to the cemetery. The TV turns off. The fan turns on. My mom was like, okay, dad, I'll come visit you. The fan turns off, TV turns back on. Mm -mm. And then she was like, all right, we're going to the cemetery. (laughs) So we'll come. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But like to her, it was kind of one of those things where it was a very like, okay, fine, we'll come. So when we moved into the house, I stayed in that bedroom. Like as a kid, I always stayed in my mom's brother's room. I, we, my husband and I stayed in that room, but I didn't tell my husband any of this. Like I didn't really want to share with him because I knew he wouldn't want to go stay over there in between houses. So the kids and him were outside and this, we had, it was like May when we first moved in and I'm super cheap. So I don't like turning the air on. Um, but it was kind of one of those, like we're in the Northeast part of Maryland. So it's like you, you have seasons but you know may could be a 50 degree or like 90 degree you don't know so i'm sitting in the bedroom and the blinds are behind me and all of a sudden the blinds behind me started to rattle like to the point where they were shaking they were those metal cheap blinds and it looked as though and sounded as though somebody kind of like pulled them from the string and was like rattling them and i was like you cannot you guys can't do this we like this is my family you're not allowed to scare them and it just stopped So fast forward, maybe a month, my son wakes up and I, well, I hear him and he's like, mom. And I go in the room, it's right across the hall. And I was like, what's up? He's like, why was Kay, his older sister, my oldest standing in the doorway like that? And I was like, what? He's like, why was she just standing there staring at me? I was like, they were on a bunk bed. I was like, she's right here. Like she's asleep right here. She is not, she, there was no way she was in the doorway. Oh my gosh. 
But it was the same things that I would see as a kid, just this dark thing. You could see the silhouette just standing there in the doorway. And it was the same. My, my oldest is pretty tall, so probably like five foot five. So I don't know if it was just, I don't know if it's just a shadow thing or maybe my mom's brother because he was a teenager, you know, so. But yeah, he swears that somebody was just standing in the doorway staring at him and that's what woke him up. I always get more spooked out and believe stories more when it's like involving children saying things. Oh, are yeah. you like a seven now, you think? I am going to come through this recording and punch you in the face. But it sounds like everything that you experienced before with your mom, like, like mm-hmm. TV, it yeah. correlates with her turning the power out for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. You saw as a kid, now your kids are seeing it. It just feels very linear. Like it's this, like it's the same thing happening every single time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Robert, that was very perceptive. Yeah. And it is, and it's very, so I did reach out because we are going to be getting rid of, like, I have to just, I have to get rid of the house at this point. Like, So it's still, you guys still own the home? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just had a paranormal investigation October 30th <gasps> and they were like, we like, he emailed me the next day and was like, okay. So a few of us came home and had some dreams. They're all dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They've started going through stuff where they're, I guess they're still reviewing everything, but while it was going on, like the EMF detectors were going off, like, the they did the flashlight thing which again i'm still kind of like okay it's a flashlight you know like how but it would be is this person here flashlight would turn on can you turn this off flashlight would turn off if this is so and so can you knock you'd hear a knock okay can you do it again to make sure it would happen again like we would hear voices between us it was just were you there when this stuff happened yeah yeah so i stayed they did two separate groups one group knew the like the hot spots and i was with that group the other group knew nothing and then at the end because we the house is pretty big it's like four thousand square feet so we'd be on one side they'd be on the other at the end we all met up we had they had the other group come through and tell us what they felt and everything that they felt even though they had no history of the house nothing like i don't have facebook i don't have like they would have no idea anything about this house mm-hmm. and the things that they were saying were exactly the things that we experienced or that I had told the initial, oh, here's my other cat that I had told um, <laughs> the other group. So, so it was like a blind really, study and a controlled yeah, study. Yeah, exactly. Really cool. I haven't heard about that with like uh, paranormal investigators. Yeah. <laughs> really cool. Yeah. Do you think they would be willing to come on the podcast, Nikki? Um, I don't know. I'm waiting. They told me that I can come when they start reviewing more of the um, evidence, but they said so far they have like actual audio stuff, like voices that they've caught. And I guess there's some video stuff that they've seen, like the one. And it's funny because there were things that I didn't tell them. And then when they started saying it, I was like, I feel like if now I so for instance, in the bedroom that I grew up in, like I said, there was always that black figure and it would, I was even to this day, my bedroom is on the second floor. I don't like looking out windows because I always had that feeling that there was somebody standing outside my window. Mm-hmm. So they're telling me it looked like there was like basically a hand waving in front of the window. 
and there are no trees, no bushes, nothing out there, but they were like, it's straight up blacked out. Like the area that looked like the hand was waving. And I was like, again, at this point, if I tell you this, it seems like I'm kind of feeding into what you're saying. So I just kept my mouth shut and I was like, oh yeah, that's weird. I've never had anything like that <laughs> happen before. Um, so yeah, this, the and it seemed like my mom's brother seemed to be the most responsive if we can, you know, put names on it. When you would say things, that seemed to be the most responsive. That and my grandfather's mom were the two biggest, like you could get the best responses. The EVP or what are they called? They have this weird little rod thing that only goes off if like a spirit actually comes near it. And these things were like temperatures were dropping. They would go from like 62 to like 58 degrees when it would start going off but like only in that area. So there were groups of like four people in each group. Did they use a spirit box at all? Do you know? I think the other group did. And then they used one of those things that makes like stick figures. And in when they first initially set it up in the kitchen area that I was telling you the cabinet slam in, it looked like somebody was sitting in the corner of the cabinet, like right underneath of the cabinets that slam. So again, it'll be very interesting. And, and if they let me, if I'm allowed to have some of the footage, I'd gladly forward it to you guys. So you can mm -hmm. kind of have yeah, an idea of what it is. But as we're going through it, I'm like, is this normal? And they're like, I mean, it's definitely a lot we're going to have to review. So I don't know what that means, but from the group that I was in and from what I'm getting from him, like even the fact that he felt the need to email me the next day and tell me that they all had very vivid dreams that like, he's like, it's too much for me to explain in an email. Like I'll have to see you in person to explain what our dreams were. Well, let me ask you before we get you out of here. Um, of course, we appreciate you sharing the story with us. What is it going to be like for you when this house does sell and it moves on to another family? Uh, that's where I'm really having a hard time right now. Like I, part of me wants to just keep this house forever because I'm like, I don't want to, I feel like I'm kind of selling people. Like, I feel like I'm like, well, here you guys go. Hope you enjoy the new family. So, but then the other part of me is like, I just have to let it go. Like I have this huge fear. Like I do, I feel like it's the haunting of Hill house. Like if I keep this house, I'm just going to die and I'm going to be stuck with this house forever. Like I don't want to be the sole owner anymore. I just want to move on and, and just pass it on. And I feel like it's all good. So I'll probably end up saging and doing whatever random things that they say to do and hope for the best and hope that I don't see it pop on the market in six months. <laughs> That's fascinating. That's that is so fascinating. I'm really interested to hear the results of that. Um, yeah. That yeah. Even if it's just like for a short bonus episode or something, um, yeah. we would love to learn more about what they find. Yeah. Did tell you anything like preliminary that you didn't know about that you didn't experience. Yeah. Well, that's where I'm like, that's where they were saying, like they kind of have already like hinted that there have been like voices that weren't like basically responses that we didn't hear that they have audio of. So I'd like to see, you know, exactly. Cause that was my biggest thing. Like is basically going around and asking, are you guys okay if I get rid of this house? Like, and if they're like, no, I'm going to be like, well, I got to burn it. We got to burn it down. I can't sell it. Like, <laughs> 
I don't know. I don't know what I'll do. Well, so I have a question. So early on, as we've kind of been joking, um, as this episode is going on, we kind of all said where we are on believing in ghosts. And we said where we were on the supernatural scale. Yours was much lower than I thought it would be from yeah. reading your email. And now after hearing your story, I mean, do you feel like you're not a 10 because you don't want to be a 10 because that's just too much to buy into everything? Or do you really not believe? I think it's too much. I feel like I would sound crazy if I was like, yeah, totally. My whole family is haunting this house that I grew up in. Like, I feel like even listening to you guys podcast, like when I'm in my own headspace, I'm like, oh, I totally believe that. When I hear somebody else say it, I'm like, they're, they are not, no, that's not real. Like, I feel like you, you feed into what they're saying. Like, like even when Kat is like, do you see the woman here today? And she's like, oh yeah, totally. Like I could be like, oh, I see a woman behind you right now stop you scared me jj so i have one more quick little story that this is the one that gets under my skin and freaks me out so growing up (laughs) and this isn't my house this is a friend of mine's and she grew up and it's the area of like pennsylvania maryland delaware and that area is known for a lot of bad things because basically it was like well, Delaware can't catch me. I'm going to go to Maryland. Maryland can't catch me. I'm going to go to Pennsylvania. So a lot of like murders and and things like that would happen. And their house is right in that corner. So her house was always weird going over there. Like I would book it like to her house, to my car, all that. So we're in, in bed one night and we're middle schoolers. So I can't be more than, I don't know, like 11 or 12. And she's got like a full size bed and it's her and I sleeping in the same bed. And I'm laying there and like through the moonlight, I see her brother like sitting in between us. And I'm like, the fuck, Timmy? Like her brother's a few years younger than us. So if I'm 11, he's probably like eight or nine. And I like look up at him and I'm like, Timmy, what are you doing? And like, he doesn't say anything. He's just standing or like sitting in between us looking down at me. No. And I'm like, okay, like stop being weird. So I eventually just like lay back down. But mind you, what I'm seeing, you know those pictures of like a silhouette, like it's just a black figure and you can tell it's a boy or a girl. Like Peter Pan? Yes. And it was just a silhouette of a boy. So I assumed it was Timmy. And I go back to sleep and the next morning I get up and I'm like, what was up with Timmy last night? And my friend was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, your brother was in bed with us. She was like, he was at a sleepover. I was like, are you, she had two other sisters, but they were much older than us. I swore it was her brother sitting between her and I that night, just literally like staring down at me, just, and I just went back to sleep. Like, well, he's just going to be weird. And now he wasn't even home that night. I just think it's because like, you don't believe it. And when you're like in the middle of the night, you're like, oh, maybe I'm dreaming. Maybe what I'm seeing is a dream. So maybe this is a true reality. So you're more. Well, and I think for me, I could rationalize by it being her brother. Like in my head, it was her brother. So it's just, you know, her little brother being a weird little brother. That's what boys do. And like a few years later, the house completely burnt down. They have no reason why. So like the house isn't even there anymore. It literally just caught fire in the middle of the night. They barely all got out. And then they rebuilt on like a separate part of the property. So that's just the ending of that story. Wow. 
trying. I have been like, since doing this podcast, I have been trying more to like, when I wake up and feel scared or see something that I think is a shadow, I'll like just stare at it until I know what it is. And I feel like I've caught myself so many times lately just sitting up in bed, just like staring at my lamp or staring yeah. at my cat and being like, oh, <laughs> yeah. go ahead. Because I used yeah. to just hide under the covers and, and go, you know, wish that I was dead because I was so scared. Right. But, JJ, is that what you do too? JJ uh, doesn't know it. He's just out. I don't know. No, I, if, I'll, I'll see like shadows or something and then like stare at it and like get, I mean, the other night I was convinced like some murderer had broken into uh, <laughs> our room and it was just, uh, I told you about that. I just woke you up. It was just like a shadow from like a, a pillow that was sticking up weird. Um, so Are you sure? Didn't you think it was I me? I am 100% sure. I thought at first it was Catherine going to the bathroom, like walking into the bathroom. Uh, and then I heard Catherine like roll over next to me. And so I was like, <gasps> like someone for sure about to murder okay, both wait. of us. Before we say bye, can I just say like my jump scares are like physically harming me. That was oddly phrased, but like I hurt my wrist like six months ago and I literally have thrown it out. I'm not kidding you. Like I might have to have surgery on it like, three <laughs> times this week because of just like random jump scares. The first one being like, <laughs> I watched that movie Antebellum with my roommate and I like flung, I, I didn't, I did, I felt so proud of myself. I hadn't gotten scared at all. And there was <laughs> one jump scare and I like flung my wrist and literally came upstairs like bawling my eyes out being like, I'm never gonna be able to work again. And then he like stepped on a, you know, when you get your Amazon packages or just mail packages and there's like, yeah. Balloon kind of things. I yeah. he, like randomly looked at me and just like pressed his foot, and I didn't even know what he was doing. I flung it out again. Like a, a, <laughs> and then oh, morning, there's a dog outside my apartment. Literally, like I might have to get surgery because I'm such a baby. Oh my gosh! Oh man. Um, and also, I wanted. Are you guys gonna do another like the, the Christmas episode was my like all time favorite. I love the scary stuff, but I was cracking up, and I like was listening to it with my fifteen year old, and like one of the parts came on, and I just looked at her like, like I think it was when Steve Irwin called JJ like a fuckwad or something. Nikki, <laughs> <laughs> I am so happy you said that because no, and, and Nick and Robert, if you haven't listened to it at Christmas, we've only done it once because we've only had gone through one Christmas as a podcast. Um, we did an improvised. Uh, Christmas Carol. Christmas Carol. Yeah. And AJ was Scrooge. And we were just talking about. Nikki, really will you tell JJ to go listen to it? Because he, he will not. And he killed it. it as Scrooge. And we yes. cannot get him to go listen to it. He was yeah. like, do we have to? And I don't think he realizes how funny it was. I did like, listen to like a couple minutes of it. And I, I just had to stop. I can't stand. Listening. You are Scrooge. Like he lives yeah. inside of you. Like that well, is my daughter. My daughter was like is he, does he really hate Christmas? And I was like, I don't know. Like, he's really selling us on the fact that he hates Christmas. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. We, we will yeah. do that again. We're kind of brainstorming Good. now. Obviously, during COVID times, it's a little trickier because we are yeah. um, all performers and we all do improv together. So when we're in the same room, it's a little easier to kind of feed off that energy. But for sure. We're going to figure it out and uh, have a, a part two of that story. Uh, but that makes me so happy to hear that. You're not the first guest to tell me that's their favorite episode. Yeah. Um, and it just, I don't know. We, 
we obviously are a ghost podcast, but we're also creatives and comedians. So we like yeah. to, you know, kind of keep everybody on their toes every now and yeah. then. Yeah. I love it. I love how confused everybody was in the Comcast cable and all that stuff. I was cracking up because that's so me. Like the bills aren't going to stop. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that's so awesome. Well, well Nikki, right. thank you so much for coming on. Um, I have a feeling this is probably not the last we're going to hear from you on our podcast. Those stories were amazing. I am scared. I am scared for you. I don't know what's happening with this home. I want to go watch Haunting on Hill House again. We're it's, all going to uh, have dreams tonight of like our parents or past ones like calling us. It'll be the house visiting you. Don't worry. You'll just be like the, the paranormal investigators. So I kind of hope the house visits Robert and Robert only. That's no, no. He's gonna wake up at three o'clock and be like, "Oh my god, did you see that?" And be like, "No, I didn't see anything at all." Yeah, I'm really so scared after your story, Nikki. So um, thank you for this sleepless night ahead of me. I'm very excited. all right. Well, I'm glad my childhood trauma can help everybody. <laughs> all right, Nikki. Well, thank you so much. You have a good night. Thank you. Bye. Right, bye. Oh. All right, guys. Well, that um. That was awesome. That was a, that was a fun episode, Robert. I'm curious, uh, Nick, I, I have a feeling I know where you are, but Robert being to me, Robert's kind of a wild card. He's, he's another one of these people who say they don't believe, but I know they believe. So Robert, what, what do you feel? How, how do you feel after that episode? What was it like hearing Nikki's story? That tr- a true journey that she took me on. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm still gonna, still gonna sit at that 1.5 until I see the receipts, you know, I want to see that those videos and those, and those recordings. Each time. I still don't think like you would really, even if you saw like an actual apparition on the video, you'd be like, Oh, it's like smoke from well, the boiler or something. I still feel like you would come up with a reason to explain it away rather than like explain it as fact. You know what? I'm not going to like say this because it'll happen, but maybe he just, well, I'm going to say it. Maybe he needs like a little boy to just be sitting in his bed tonight at 3 a.m. staring at him, you know? Yeah, I really don't appreciate you at this moment (laughs) for putting that in my brain. But honestly, honestly, the like connection of her story of like the things that happened before and are still Mm -hmm. happening, that Mm -hmm. was really interesting. Would you not be scared to be her though? Like I would be so terrified. Oh, I would put that house on Airbnb so fast. <laughs> Which and is I, like, I can't get, I need, I like want to keep it in the family. I'm like, no, get rid of it. Fuck yeah. no. But like, I could also see if I was in her shoes and it like, it was clearly like my family communicating with me. I feel like it would probably be far less scary whether, that's why I asked it like when the paranormal investigators came and like told her what was going on. That's why I was like, did they experience anything that you didn't? Like, was there another spirit there that was not a part of your family? And that's why I was like, what is the land? Like, where does that come from? Because if yeah. there was like something else there that wasn't her family, mm-hmm. I would be fucking terrified. But well, yeah. JJ, you know, you've kind of heard how we all feel about this haunted home. Would you have any apprehension of buying the home and living in it? Would it bother you at all if full well knowing its past? Or would you be perfectly fine having that become your new manner? I mean, yeah, I don't think I would have a problem buying a home that someone says is haunted because apparently the townhouse I live in now is haunted and I don't ever notice it. I don't Do you ever live in a house where like a famous murder occurred? Like 
the Velisca Axe Murder House or like the Murderhouse. Yeah. We just did our uh, like a little bonus episode uh, where we talked about like famous haunted houses and I talked about the Velisca Murder. I know. It's like two hours away from my hometown. Oh, that's right. It's in Iowa. You can stay there overnight. I think. JJ, you should move there. Yeah. (laughs) Don't Don't move to Velisca. It's so boring. Besides the house. <laughs> I think it goes. I put it, it seemed like the house was the only reason people go there. Is that That's right? True. Yeah, I think if ghosts made houses cheap, I would do it in a heartbeat. <laughs> like, that was, she said 4,000 square feet, and I was like, uh, a dream, because we live in the tiniest little apartment. So I would absolutely. I don't, I don't know. I don't want that juju. Like, I, I, I don't believe it's necessarily real, but. I don't believe it's necessarily not. And like, especially being a new father, like the idea of like, I don't know. I just, I'm so worried that I'm going to do something on this podcast and unlock, you know, Inferno. And then my kid's going to be like floating around the house or something. Like, I don't. I mean, Nikki grew up in that house and she seems like she was. She's- oh yeah. It seems like it's been all Pleasantville for her. <laughs> oh, like, uh, yeah. I mean, when we moved in here, they were like trying, like our neighbors were like trying to convince us that it might be haunted or something. Or maybe that was you. They're like, "Do you feel anything?" And I was like, "No, I really don't." But I'm like, I would never intentionally move into a haunted place because I don't want to bring that energy onto me. Well, Robert and Nick, one thing I did want to ask you guys tonight. Um, I'm not sure what order these episodes are going to come out in, but um, if this is the first one, we have another episode coming out soon featuring Robert and Nick. When things open back up and we're all able to get the vaccine and whatnot and it's safe, one thing I have on my bucket list for the podcast is for us to do a filmed seance. Is that something that you two might join us for? Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah, I would 100% do it. But like you cannot, like you probably wouldn't be able to use any of the footage because I'd be screaming so loud. No, that's perfect. (laughs) Uh, Me too, Robert. So maybe we... Uh, pre-game that together. <laughs> uh, we, I will, I will literally tie myself to you. So okay, good. <laughs> I thought you were gonna be like, well, once the pandemic's over and we can go back to like quote unquote normal life, like what's the one thing you want to do? And I was gonna be like, oh, I want to go get like a draft beer at my favorite bar and this. And you're like, do you want to have a seance? That's not what I was expecting in the slightest. <laughs> hey, friends, do you want to hang out? Just kidding. Do you want to? Call on the devil? No, I will not. <laughs> I yeah, not. that sounds great for a promo. Please put that like in your back pocket. Okay. I am so interested when she was just like, yeah, the paranormal activity crew came. And I was like, where do you find paranormal that? investigator? Oh, I, <laughs> it's, they're now called paranormal activity crew. No, like every state, I feel like, has like a paranormal following where there are like several investigators. Oh, yeah. We've been invited by a couple in different states, one in Miami that wants to take us out at some point and go on one of their hunts. That'd be so so. Cool. Yeah, we just got to get these, got to get, got to get life back. You know, we got lots of fun things in the future for the Real Hauntings podcast. Well, everybody, before we get out of here, I do want to, I know Robert kind of told us he's still 1.5, even though I don't believe it. But since we started it with our scale, let's end it with our scale. So I will go first. I said that I was like a between a five and a seven. I would say after that, I feel like I'm a pretty strong seven. She was convincing. It didn't feel like she was dramatizing anything. Um, She herself said she was a four. And it's just one of the freakier stories that we've heard. I mean, I 
say it all the time, I'm afraid of death. And that story really hits whatever the, my fear is that capitalizes on that fear and makes me feel like spooky shit is real. So JJ, where do you fall these days? I mean, I'm still a five. I, you know, I think, yeah, like I agree with everything you said that like it was a very compelling story. She seems very genuine, but you know, kind of like what Robert said as well. I think you know, I just have to like see those things for myself because I've heard like, or, or like I've seen too many things where, you know, like on the internet where it's like, oh my God, check out this video. Like this is proof that ghosts exist. And then you watch the video and you're like, what, what was I even supposed to see? Like what, what was there? Yeah. So, you know, I think I, I have a lot, I have very little faith in uh, paranormal investigators and like, oh, this this thing beeps if a ghost approaches. I mean, how is that a technology that exists? That's there's no way. No. <laughs> so, well, let's beep on over to Nick. Where are you uh, on the scale after that? I still feel like a nine. Like, like I said, I'm still a firm believer even before the story. But I feel like it was even if she came in here just to be like, I have like a cool story I made up. A, it was a really telling story that it connected every piece of her life. It had drama. It had drama. I was on the edge of my seat. I was trying not to scream. But I still feel like if I was going to be a full-fledged 10, I would have to, like, you know, wake up and see spirits everywhere I go. At, like, Trader Joe's, I'd have to see something behind, like, everywhere. I have to see ghosts everywhere for me to be, like, a full 10. But, I mean, I think a 9 is, you know, pretty good. Yeah. And Kat, um, I wanted to save the best for last. I think you said you were at like a two, 2.5 at the beginning of the Did episode. Did I say two? Y'all, <laughs> what are scales? I think like as far as like understanding or I, I feel like there's more validity when it's like her entire family passed away in that house. Yeah. And has been in her family for so long. It just further on my energy scale bumps me up a little bit being like, I mean, like what else could that be? But on the other scale, I'm like an M or like a C maybe. Oh, yeah. Good answer. What is that scale? Is like the music scale or like the alphabet scale? Yeah. But, well, <laughs> I'm like a mm, cool, but still like in the middle. Well, on that note, I'm Noah Daniels. I'm JJ. We're Nick and Robert. And I'm Kat. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts.